This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Odds and Audible's podcast, Emergency Edition. We don't usually do these all that often, but when Oregon lands one of their best recruits ever at a position and their highest rated recruit for that recruiting class at that time, that warrants a emergency podcast. I am Matt Frame. Eric Scopel is with me as always. And before we dive into this emergency podcast, I want to remind you guys out there, you can subscribe to DuckTerritory.com for as low as $1 for your first month, $9.95 thereafter. Or if you want to go to an annual membership, uh, we are offering that as well. You save significant amounts of money doing that. Inside scoop, expert analysis, and opinion. Read all the content across the 24-7 Sports Network, and you get access to the Oregon Duck insiders like Eric, Kevin Wade, myself, and other regional and national writers within the 24-7 Sports Network. And I do want to remind you guys, uh, we are for a limited time, so as, at some point this promotion will go away. So depending on when you listen to this, you can get an annual membership for 60% off. That's $42.96 up front. That's 60% off an annual membership. That's a huge value. So if you are able to take advantage of that right now, I highly encourage you to do so. Carrick, um, we are recording this podcast because Oregon has landed four-star offensive tackle Bram Walden out of Saguaro High School in Scottsdale, Arizona. The 84th best recruit in the country, the 14th best offensive tackle, the number one ranked player in the state of Arizona for the class of 2021. He is the second best recruit on the West Coast along the offensive line. He's committing to the Oregon Ducks over basically every other Pac-12 school and a wide range of national programs as well. The thing that stands out to me here is that Oregon continuing to just get after it on the trail on the offensive line. And uh, you look through it now, Walden, and this is obviously not a final ranking. His ranking can fluctuate one way or the other way he signs, and that will become finalized. But at the moment, he's the 28th best player all time to sign with Oregon and the fourth best offensive lineman. And two of the three ahead of him on the list are players currently on Oregon's roster, Penne Sewell and Jonah Talianu. So Walden here, it, it continues a trend where Oregon has – gone out and done a very, very good job of recruiting offensive linemen under Mario Cristobal. That's not exactly a shock, given Cristobal's background is both a great recruiter and an offensive line coach. Um, you figured they would continue to have su- some success here. And Walden is just the, the latest, and I should say Aaron Clovis. Maybe those listening are wondering who the other one above Walden was. That's Aaron Clovis from the class of 2004. If you followed recruiting closely over the years, you probably recognize the name as a guy that didn't pan out. But a lot of reasons to think that Walden would be one of those guys that does Certainly, you look at the track record with top-rated recruits um, under Mario Cristobal on the offensive line, and they panned out pretty good so far because Penesul has gone from a very highly regarded four-star recruit to 
I think without question you can now say the best offensive lineman in the country in a couple of years. We can't suggest that Walden's going to do the same thing, but certainly somebody with a similar pedigree and background. Um, a little small on the offensive tackle side here. I don't know if we're going to go into analysis right now, but 6'4", 270 right now. Obviously, a junior, he has time to grow a little bit. Um, but I think that's maybe the one thing that stands out. And you go, he's an offensive tackle. He's a little undersized, but you put on the tape, and he certainly, I think, puts those concerns to rest. He's a, a very, very good offensive tackle prospect. Oregon currently sits uh, second in the Pac-12. They're now 20th nationally from a, from a national recruiting perspective, team rankings. And if you're curious to know where they, they land within the Pac-12 and how far back they are of the USC Trojans, uh, there's a 40-point gap between Oregon and USC, but Oregon also has three fewer verbal commitments than the Trojans do at this time, so that, that could easily be made up uh, by Oregon catching up with USC, not landing any other verbal commitments. And then there's a, a, quite a significant difference between Oregon and the rest of the schools below them. California is third. The Ducks jumped them uh, in, in the rankings uh, Cal has seven verbal commitments. Five of those are three stars. And Oregon has seven verbal commitments. Five of those are four-star recruits. And uh, you want to look at number four in the, in the Pac-12? That's the Washington Huskies. Uh, they are 47 points behind the Oregon Ducks. They have six verbal commitments, one of which is a five-star, and then they have five three-star recruits. And Eric, we've, I, I feel like a broken record, but we've said this a ton of times. Oregon's recruiting class is all about quality right now and not quantity. And that's why we've been saying that if you're an Oregon football fan, there's no reason to be panicking right now because Oregon is recruiting. When they do add a commit, it's one of the best recruits in the country. And this follows up exactly what uh, Myra Cristobal laid out on Thursday evening on the Happy Hour with the Ducks show on YouTube where he said they were going big game fishing and he thought this class could be the best in program history, or at least since he's been here. And obviously, based upon the fact that the best class in program history took place a couple years ago, uh, that indicates ever. Um, but this is certainly big game fishing. And, you know, I don't think it's by mistake that a player like this might have committed shortly after Cristobal saying such sort of things. Obviously, Cristobal knows what's out there, and they went out and got it done. And, and like we've established now, they have seven verbal commitments, five or four-star prospects. Uh, I don't know if we've said it on the podcast, but Walden is the highest-rated part of that class now. He moves just past seven McGee in terms of the uh, 24-7 composite rankings, uh, slightly better, bare, you know, nine spots in terms of the national ranking. Um, they now have the best player in the state of Arizona, the best player in the state of New York, and the best, best player in the state of Oregon um, in Walden, McGee, and Brown. But regarding the, the class as a whole, and you mentioned the USC being still pretty far ahead, but you look at the average commitment, and we've talked about this a lot and used this a lot, and um, and I think it's the right way to approach it, especially when you have a large disparity in the number of rural commitments. How are you really supposed to honestly compare the classes? Well, USC's average commitment, and they have seven four-star commitments. They have a strong class being built. It's 10th nationally. Oregon's is already um, a little bit ahead of it. In fact, you look at the teams in the top 10 ahead of USC, only Clemson and Ohio State, who rank first and fourth nationally, have a higher um, per-recruit average uh, of, of teams in the top 10, and you go through the, the rest of them, and you have to look at schools like LSU and Michigan, who, like Oregon, don't have a lot of 
commitments, or sorry, LSU and Texas, who don't have a ton of commitments as other schools that, that have a higher rating. So Oregon, really, per player, we've talked about this a lot before, I know Matt's done a great job of pointing it out, is doing a fantastic job, and Walden, obviously, as the new top recruit in the class, just furthers that development. You you look at this class, and from an offensive line standpoint, and you look at, look, I mean, just think about this for a second, in the state of Arizona by itself, um, Oregon has the number one player in the recruit for the state of Arizona and Bram Walden. They also have the, the number three player in the state of Arizona and quarterback four-star player Ty Thompson. They, Walden and Thompson play at different high schools. Uh, Walden at Soguero, which is a powerhouse. Uh, Thompson plays at Mesquite in Gilbert, Arizona. Um, so Oregon has already two of the three best players in the state of Arizona and a class in 2021 that is incredibly deep. And not only that, they're set up for a couple other players in that state. We'll, we'll touch on that later on in, in, in the show, uh, of they could, they could clean, you know, they could land four or five guys in the state of Arizona. And we'll discuss that at length. But what I look at from the, from a recruiting standpoint of success are, are you finding recruits that players that or that other schools are wanting that, that other elite schools that are, that do they want those recruits as well? And then do you find guys that are multi-sport athletes? Do you find guys that are the best in their state? And I think you look at Bram Walden and you look at Ty Thompson and the state of Arizona and you can say that they have landed some of the, you know, best players that have come out of that state the last couple of seasons because of their offer sheets, because of their history of playing other sports and the fact that they are the best players in their state in which is starting to become a pretty good hotbed of recruiting for Oregon. Yeah, I was going to say, you look at that high school in general, just Saguaro uh, down in Scottsdale, they also have the second-rated player uh, in the state of Arizona in this class, Quentin Somerville is a defensive end. But you look back at, and, and the fourth-rated, I should also mention, Denzel Burke, um, an athlete. But you look back at last year, obviously landed Jalen Jeffers, and that's there's now possibility that years down the line here, maybe you have both your tackles are former high school teammates. That could be really cool. But this that school in particular, if you can have some sort of inroads there, that would be massive. Keely Ringo's a, re- a recruit who a lot of I think Oregon fans are familiar with. That's where he went to high school. Obviously, he ended up at Georgia. Oregon was one of the other finalists. But yeah, it's it's not just the state; it, it, it's the school. If, if they can continue to land prospects from this school, and maybe they pick up one of these other players in the state. I know, or in in that school, this class, and, and I know based upon what you look at, is that's probably not they're not like the favorites right now for those players. Maybe that they have other players like better, but it, that could be a huge thing down the line because that is one of those powerhouse schools that year in and year out is going to have four and five star prospects. So. Finding the ability to continue that in rows, not just to the state, but that high school, I think could be really beneficial going forward, um, especially at the offensive line position, because it's now two consecutive classes where they've gone out and signed, or I should say earned commitments, because Walden has yet to sign, obviously, but picked up commitments from one of the top offensive linemen in the state that happened to go to that same high school. Jeffers was the second-rated offensive lineman in the state last year. Um, obviously, Walden, the top-rated player overall in the state of Arizona this year. I think really exciting. That's a state that always has a lot of talent, and if I think it's great for the Pac-12 that, that some of those players can, can stay out west when we've seen a trend of players going to the Big 12, SEC, and ACC, and even the Big 10 from that part of the country in the past. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to the Odds and Audible's podcast. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to the Austin Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Framer. Scopel is with me as always. And on this show, we're breaking down the verbal commitment of four-star offensive tackle Bram Walden, uh, the top player in the state of Arizona. Eric, you posted your film review. What what have you seen from him uh, after watching his high school film from his junior season? I think the first thing I thought when I saw the the dimensions, the fact that he's 6'4", 270, he's playing left tackle in high school. We should mention that's the same team that had Jalen Jeffers, who's a little bit bigger, and Jeffers was playing right tackle primarily. Um, I was a little wary of like, okay, 6'4", 270, that, doesn't, that seems like more of an interior guard kind of size typically. But you watch him, and he has really, really good feet. I think he has pretty long arms because he does it, despite being slightly shorter, and of course, what's the difference, that much of a difference between 6'4 and maybe 6'6", but you can tell he does a good job of using his hands and his arms to create space with um, defensive linemen. Um, players rarely get to his body. Players rarely get past him because he just does a good job of, of kind of creating um, room with his body. And I think that's something that stands out, and he's got great feet too, and he plays really nasty. Um, they do, you know, you watch the tape, they, it seems like they utilize their offensive line and getting them out, uh, in the open field to block in, in the screen game quite a lot. That's something Oregon does quite a bit, and Walton is really good out there. Um, he moves very, very well. So, I think he's a player that, down the line at Oregon, of course we say this based upon the recruiting rankings, but down the line at Oregon, he could be a player that could, could start. You know, I don't know if it's gonna be right away, because Oregon will have, Stephen Jones, who I think we expect to be starting at right tackle, back by the time Walden arrives, and maybe he is a logical possibility to, to fill in for Penny Sewell at the left tackle position, um, or maybe Stephen Jones moves from right to left and Walden has a chance at right tackle. Uh, I suggested that maybe right tackle would be a better fit because of the the lack of that natural height and size, but it's not to say he's not an elite prospect and not a prospect that could play there either. So I really like what you see from him on film. He's a again he's. Not humongous, but he moves really well. He uses his body well, and it, it just seems like he's somebody that's going to play with a little bit of nastiness. So I think he fits in really well with what Cristobal has built um, over his time in Oregon. I think it'll be uh, it'd be interesting to see kind of how they want to use him if he's a tackle, if he moves inside. But one way or the other, I think you're going to see Walden be a player at Oregon that has a, a very successful career, in part because you look at the success that Mario Cristobal has had with other recruits that are ranked in similar region or um, as preps, and, and you, the proof's kind of in the pudding um, from that regard, in my opinion. If if you're curious where Bram Walden fits all-time, uh, we've mentioned it before, but he's fourth all-time in program history for verbal commitments or signings along the offensive line position. Penny Sewell is one, Jonah Tuanu is two, Aaron Clovis is three, Ram Walden is fourth. And you want to go down a little bit into the top ten rankings and – there's a whole bunch of guys that make up the top 10 rankings that theoretically could be on the roster for the 2021 football season. I don't think they all are because I, I expect Penny Sewell to go pro and potentially be picked as the number one draft pick. But let's just, you know, for exercise sake, say he returns to school next year or for the 2021 football season. 
Oregon has the programs number one, number two, number four, number six, number seven, and the number ten player in program history to sign with the Ducks all on their roster at the same time. If if you are looking for a trend under Mario Cristobal, it's that the West's best offensive line prospects will be going to Oregon more often than not because they have – in the three years that Cristobal has, has been the head coach now for the three cycles going on now four – they have signed the best offensive lineman out west in 2018, the best offensive lineman out west in 2019. They've added a couple more guys from those classes that were, you know, two or three out west in 2018 and 2019. They didn't sign anybody in 2021 that fit that description, but in 2021, they've already got Bram, who's number two, and they're in line potentially for the number one and the number three offensive lineman out west as well. That was going to be my next question for you, Matt, here, is when we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks about the momentum that they need to get, they picked up a commitment from Terrell Tillman um, as well in the last week or so. This right here to me feels like you can now kind of say, here's the momentum. They've got it started. Oregon now has two verbal commitments after really having um, a, a drought of commitments, which made sense for a variety of reasons, given the things that have taken place, not just on a football level, but on, a, I guess, a global level. Do you think this is maybe a start of something where, and we talked also about the momentum that can come from this, but could this be that that kind of first domino to fall for Oregon and and suddenly we look up and and things are looking pretty good um, maybe by the end of the month even? Yeah, you know, I I don't know if by the end of the month, but I certainly think this is going to start a trend where we see a couple other guys maybe fall in line with a verbal commitment because – Let's just look at the offensive line, for example. The Ducks now have verbal commitments from Bram Walden, who is an offensive tackle. They also have a verbal commitment from Jackson Light, who is a center. And while he is a three-star recruit, he is the fifth best player in the country at that position. There's only maybe two, maybe three spots left along the offensive line. And that's, that's really pushing when you want to, if you want to add three guys to this class and they're, they, you know, this could lead to, you know, there's four or five guys out there that are extremely high on Oregon that are offensive linemen. And this could lead to guys saying, you know what, if, if I want to be a duck, I, I, I'm already kind of feeling that way already. And if I want to ensure that I have, my signing, you know, my opportunity to, to go there, I need to commit sooner than later because someone else could take my spot. And let's just, I mean, real quick look at things. Uh, from the offensive line perspective, Oregon could go out and I, I don't think it's necessarily that big of a shock if Bryce, Bryce Foster is the top target along the offensive line that's left. Uh, for, for Oregon. He's the 64th best player in the country, the fourth best offensive guard. I think that's a guy that qualifies as you take no matter what. He's probably not going to be feeling any kind of pressure to sign with Oregon because they don't have a guard currently committed to this class. Now, Kingsley Suomatia is just two spots below Bryce Foster. He's the 14th best offensive lineman. He's an offensive tackle. He's the number one offensive tackle out West. He's trending towards Oregon. And while I don't think he could lose a spot, 
he he could just end up saying, you know what, I'm I'm going to go green, I'm going to go yellow, I'm going to give a, a verbal commitment to the Ducks because they've already got another offensive tackle committed. I'm already leaning that direction. They're only going to sign maybe two or three more spots left. Uh, I'm ready to go. And so it wouldn't surprise me if Kingsley is one of the next ones to give a verbal commitment to Oregon. Um, from a comparison standpoint, Kingsley is ranked as the 14th best offensive lineman in the country. Bram Walden is, is ranked as the 18th best offensive lineman in the country. Uh, so, you know, they are very similar in, in ranking and kind of pecking order from a national perspective. Uh, Oregon is trying to, you know, be a player for uh, a Jager Burton. I don't think they're probably going to land him, but it's a four-star offensive tackle. But I do think Jonah Miller, and this is another offensive lineman from the state of Arizona, the fifth best player in the state, that's, you know, USC and Oregon are neck and neck. And this is this could lead to what I'm talking about of, Maybe Jonah Miller comes in and says, you know what, I want to commit to Oregon. I'm already kind of leaning that direction. My spot might be, be gone if I don't take op- you know, take care of this opportunity the next couple of weeks. He commits and then, you know, because Kingsley and Bryce Foster are, are guys that are must takes, that's how you, you, you add three more offensive linemen to this group. And now all of a sudden you've added three more four star recruits. All of them, uh, two of them are top 100 guys. Jonah Miller is ranked inside the top 300, and you're adding elite talent up front along the offensive line. So if, if you want to look at what could happen next from an offensive line standpoint, that's where I would lean. I mean, Josh Simmons is still out there for Oregon. He was committed to the Ducks offensive guard, but I, I don't necessarily think Oregon's going to go too hard after him un- unless some other things play out and they go back that direction. Um, I, I would focus on those three names that, that I brought up, uh, Bryce Foster, Kingsley Sato Amatia, and also, uh, Jonah Miller from the state of Arizona, uh, the, the third player in that group. Matt, you also wrote shortly after this commitment that this proves that kind of Oregon is on track for that best class ever. And those are words Cristobal used, obviously, less than 24 hours ago to describe what he thought the expectation was. Does this does this really change much for you though? I mean, or, or is this just kind of more proof that, that that that's what's taking place? I mean, does 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 this add that much to that argument that this is going to be the best class, or, or had you already kind of felt that was going to be the case? Case, um, and, and if it does, I, I guess kind of why would that be the case? I still feel like this is. I, I felt like Oregon was on track to, towards having their best class in school history. Uh, the commitment of Brand Walden only confirms that in my eyes, just because you know, I, I felt that way before his commitment, and they just added a player who instantly becomes their best player in, in the recruiting class. Uh, they are far and away ahead of of where they're from a, from a per recruit average. They're far far much ahead of, of where they have been the last couple of seasons. Uh, the 2019 recruiting class was the best class in school history. It finished seventh nationally, and it also finished with the best average uh, ranking per recruit with uh, a score. Let me just look that up real quick. Uh, I just want to make sure I'm 100% accurate on that. Um, the, 2000, the 2019 class had a 90.60 rating per recruit. 
Oregon is, is far exceeding that. They're at 92.81 for from a net, from a per recruit average. And you want to look at where they were last year, a class that finished 12th in, in the country, first in the Pac-12. Uh, that, that last year's number was 90.19. So Oregon is, has a significant jump on both the last two classes at Oregon, which finished number one in the Pac-12. Will they will they get to a point where they sign a, the number one recruiting class in the country? Maybe. Uh, excuse me, in the Pac-12? Maybe. I, I just don't know if they're going to have enough scholarships to offer. I mean, right now they have about 14 or 15 guaranteed scholarships to offer based off of the amount of seniors that are on scholarship and based on the players that we would expect to go pro being Penny Sewell, number one, Javon Holland being number two. Obviously, that number is going to grow uh, based off of roster attrition, injuries, guys going pro. Um, but we don't know a hard number yet on where that, that could be. Um, and, and so I think best case, Oregon's probably saying we'll shoot to sign 17, 18, 19 players as of – early May and, and as they get a better idea of who's staying, who could be transferring, who could be going pro, that number could slide up to 23, 24. It could slide down too. Um, but, but I still think they're on pace to sign their best class ever. Will it be a top 10 class? That's to be, to still be seen. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Odds and Audibles podcast. Thanks for listening to this emergency show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys learned something. Give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check more work, more coverage on Bram Walden to Oregon on DuckTerritory.com. And for Eric Scopel, I'm Matt Prem. You've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Adios, amigos.